Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Landon Barrios, and this is By the Campfire with the Barrioses. Whoa, Landon, what happened to you? You went off the edge there for a little while. You didn't post anything. You didn't You didn't make a podcast for a while. What was going on? Well, let me tell you guys, it has been a ride. I won't go into the details just now or tonight or, you know, on this podcast, but know that the Lord has been working in me and the Lord's been working with me and Mallory. He's been working with my life and our marriage and and just things are going good right now. Things are going good. Um, but I just, I know I haven't posted in a little bit. It's been about a little bit over a month since last time I, I posted a podcast, but here it is. We're back on track. Hopefully, um, we can start getting back into our normally either weekly, bi-weekly, or at least, you know, every three weeks. This once a month is, is tough to, um, to just do, you know, once a month. It's just, it just seems like it's not enough. Seems like we need some more of this. And, uh, and y'all, I, 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 the last podcast, oh my goodness, what, um, what an impact it had. I mean, that's, it, it's, it's gotten to be the, um, the highest rated podcast or the episode, uh, let me say, um, so far we've done, you know, we, we had Aaron Grabansky come on and we talked about, you know, alcohol and we had, I don't want to say a debate, just a discussion. And it was a good discussion. It really was. And it was, it was a blessing to have him on. Uh, y'all pray for him and his wife and his family as they continue to serve in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. What am I doing? I need to, we need, we started off wrong already, ladies and gentlemen. We started off wrong. Hold on here. Let's have a sip of coffee before we start the podcast. Oh, my goodness. Mmm. Oh, my goodness. Mmm. I tell you, Mallory makes the best coffee. I don't know what it is. She just makes a pot of coffee. She makes my coffee before before I start a podcast or before I get up in the mornings or... Whatever the case might be, she anytime she makes a pot of coffee, oh, it is just out of this world. But yes, we're back. Um, we're doing more of these podcasts. Um, pray for us. Um, we're going to be having Caleb Shaner come on a little bit more often. Uh, we're trying to get some materials together to be able to do some Bible studying uh, together. And um, both of us will be kind of like a co-host, you could say. Uh, both of us talk about, you know, um, have little devotionals and everything. Um, but, um, but pray again, pray for uh, me and Mallory as we continue to go. I can't explain everything right now in this podcast. It's just a lot's happened. And the ones who do know, um, I appreciate y'all being there for me and Mallory and going through this, uh, transition, but let's jump right into it. You know, let's, um, let's, let's get a portion of God's word. Yes. This is not just a, a ramble or not necessarily a ramble. Um, this is a, um, we're going to do a Bible study like we've been doing. If I can just get my, oh my goodness, y'all, I know that's loud. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get all my junk together. I, I thought I had it in a good position before I started. I was like, yeah, this is, this is good. This, this looks great. And, uh, and then I get started and then the cup of coffee came in and it just ruined everything. So <laughs> I don't know, but. My hair's growing long. I know I just said, let's jump into it. My hair's long. If anyone's seen me lately, I look like a, I look like a country kid. I mean, oh my goodness. It's, it's long. It's curly. It's all in my eyes. I got to wear my hat differently now. I mean, it's literally on the last strap and the hat, you know, I got to start cause you know, my head's small. It's just small. I've always had a small head, but now that I got hair on my head, it's now I got, I'm always, I had to buy these small hats. Man, I can't talk today, y'all. <sighs> I'm excited. That's all it is. I'm, I'm excited to get back on the podcast. I'm excited to do this again. I was off for a long time and I got a lot on my heart, a lot to say. Um, my head's too big. It was funny. <laughs> Speaking of heads, um, Sometimes I talk and I talk really fast. And I remember sitting in my, I was, me and Mallory were at her parents' house, my in-laws. And my, my mother-in-law, her mama, she tells me, she goes, Landon, Landon, before you say another word, before you say one more word, one more word that comes out of your mouth before you say it, you better have enough oxygen in your head to say it. <laughs> 
She's a lovely woman. I will leave it at that. No, I'm blessed to have um, my mother-in-law. She's an incredible woman. Um, she's uh, she's. It's weird how you get married, and um, your your wife's family really starts becoming your own. Which that's a conversation for another time. But it's 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 strange. It's it's you know if you. Maybe I think too much into it. I don't know. But if you really stop and think about it, you know, these, you know, at one point when you first came into the family, you know, you're you're just strangers and you're getting to know everybody. You can't remember anyone's names. You know, you're just sitting there awkwardly answering questions. People are trying to talk to you. And and now to get to a point where we're at now where it's just like, you know, I look at I look at her grandparents like my grandparents I look at her sister as she's like my own sister. You know, I mean, it's, you know, her parents almost become like your parents. It's it's in-laws, mother-in-law, father-in-law, you know, it's, is 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 different. Her uncles, you know, she's got some uncles and, you know, you know, they, they start to become like, you know, one of your uncles. It's, it's weird. It's just weird. I don't know how to explain it. For those who are single out there, let me tell you, you know, when you get married and, or if you're about to get married or thinking about getting married, boy, let me tell you, your, your whole mindset just flips. It really does. Um, just everything, you know, you, you, oh my goodness, you, you think you have so many plans, you know, you think you got it all made and you don't. You know, you, you think, well, these are our goals and this, this is the way it's going to be. And, you know, honestly, some of those goals me and Mallory have met, but along the way, along the journey, you just change, you just change and it's for the better. You know, it's weird how God forms you, you know, to, to become that husband you need to be and, and to see him changing and forming your wife to the wife she needs to be, you know, it's, it's, it's an incredible thing. You know, and, you know, and it's almost, you know, some people may think it's cliche to think about or talk about. It. And it is when you when you get on the air and when you start openly talking about it, you know, it's a little weird and cliche and corny and cheesy, cringeworthy kind of stuff. But, you know, it's the truth. I mean, you, you know, you, you watch the Lord work, you know, and, and recently I'll explain it to y'all another time. But for right now, you know. The Lord is really working in mine and Mallory's life, especially mine. So uh, pray for me, y'all, those who are out there listening and those who do believe that there's God. And if you don't, boy, brother, you know, you keep listening and you, you eventually will. I promise you. <laughs> boy, you know, and it, that's another thing. You know, oh, I got to I got to get to this lesson. But that, that honestly, that's that's another thing you um. You start getting to a point where you're just like, man, you know, how can how can people not believe, you know, God has invested so much. I, I, I feel like he's investing so much time in my life right now. And it's just it can be overwhelming. And then you can you see God's handiwork. You see his handiwork in other people's lives. You see him in your own lives and you see him around the world and his handiwork and what he does. It's. It's absolutely incredible. It really is. And it's it's a beautiful yet scary thing to watch and to witness and to be a part of. So y'all continue to pray for us, please. And in this podcast, it's it's been an amazing help. You know, um, not just a help, but a blessing, you know, because, you know, I guess my, my, my main goal for this podcast, you know, it's it's already changed. A lot of it has. But. I guess deep inside, one of my main goals was to inspire other young Christians to do the same thing as I do. You know, like I would love to be able to hear, you know, some of my buddies that are in ministry um, do their own podcast, you know, because it's one thing to a lot of them are preachers. And there's one thing to listen and preach in a service. But in a podcast, it's it's a different setting and you can I don't, I don't know. It's 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 just different somehow. And it's. um. And I want to encourage other young people to do podcasts. And look, it's not easy to do one. I mean, you're putting yourself out there, man. I mean, some that's that's my biggest fear. Some think 
I feel like some of y'all are like, oh, man, he is so stupid, <laughs> you know. But you know, it's me, you know, and this is this is what I do. This is what I this is what I'm led to do. The Lord, I feel like the Lord wants me to do stuff like this. And and you know, who am I? You know, I'm I'm a nobody. But you know, I I just uh, I think it's an awesome. I'm rambling now, and I did. I told I said this wasn't a ramble, but here I go. But I'm telling you, I've missed doing this. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have gone that long. But Lord knew what He was doing. But you know, it's it's just been a it's been an absolute blessing to be able to present the Word of God on this podcast and and reach how many people as it has. You know, wh- whether it's you know changed anyone's lives or just just listening to another Christian or, or, or just listening to a Christian young man, you know, and their viewpoints and what they believe. And maybe I can uplift someone or encourage someone to do the same thing as I'm doing or or maybe just just to get more involved in church. I don't know. You know, I'll let the Holy Spirit handle with with all that. But let me make sure everything's working. I, just, I sure hope everything's what happened here? Oh my goodness! Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Just I was making sure everything was still working, still on. Look, it's been it's been almost twelve minutes. Let's get on to it. All right, sip of coffee. Let's go. Okay, we'll be in Luke chapter fifteen. Luke chapter fifteen, verses eleven. Many of y'all are very familiar with this passage. Um, in fact. I I think everyone is just about familiar with this passage. I mean, you think even in the secular world, not just the Christian world, but even in the secular world, you know, when you hear the story of yes, the prodigal son, um people people know it and they know what it's about and they've heard the story. You know, this is this is one of the shortest greatest stories that you'll ever read in the Bible in my opinion. Um and it's a it's a beautiful story it's it's heartbreak and it's and it's happy it's it's um it's terrible and yet beautiful you know but but let's read into it let's read into it so luke chapter 15 we'll start with verse 11 and he said this is jesus talking okay and he jesus said A certain man had two sons. The younger son of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that that falleth to me. And he, the father, divided unto him his living. And not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance on riotous living. That means he went crazy, y'all. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself a citizen of that country, and he sent unto him his field to feed swine. And he, the, the younger son, would frain have filled his belly with the husk of swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, remember that, guys, remember that. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no longer worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But he was yet a great way off. His father saw him and had compassion and ran. And he fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thine sight. And I am no wor- I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. 
For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And there may be to be merry. Interesting. But there's a, you know, we, we read this story and I'm going to go into it a little bit more, obviously. But there's another part of this story that often we don't read. We skip over. You could say this is the part of the story where there's the movie and you watch the movie and then the credit, you watch it and it's terrible. He starts off at home and he goes through this hardship and realizes he was wrong and he goes back to his father and his father rejoiced and everything. It was a good, happy ending, a beautiful story, but there's more to it. Now, I don't know about y'all growing up, if y'all grew up in church, or if y'all even heard the rest of the story. But this is the part of, part of the story that, you know, a lot of us, um, we don't read very often. We know about the prodigal son, and we know his story. But what we don't know is about the other son. Remember in, um, in verse 2, oh, no, no, in verse 1. Jesus said a certain man had two sons, not one, but two. In verse 25, there's a continuation of this story. You could say, you know, for you gamers out there, this is the side quest, the side mission. This is the part of the movie where after the credits, there's a little scene, an extra part, you know, bonus feature. And, 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 and it's interesting because what we're about to read is, is something that, and I, and I hate to say it this way, but, but, you know, I've been on both sides of the story, obviously, but I can almost more relate to this next part. And I'll read it real quick. Luke chapter 15, verse 25. Now, his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh into the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked him what these things meant. And he, the servant, said unto him, Thine brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fattest kid, kid. The father hath killed the fattest calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he, the brother was angry and he would not go in therefore his father came out and entreated him and he said unto his father the older son he said unto his father lo these many years do i serve thee neither transgressed at any time of thy commandment and yet thou never givest me a kid that i might make merry with my friends but as soon as thy son is come which devoured his living with harlots Thou hast killed him, the fattest calf? Boy, you could tell he was angry. And if you read it for yourself, I know I'm reading it angry because I, I, I look at this young man. I think he's angry. I, feel, I can feel the anger in his tone. But let, let's continue on. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's continue on. Verse 31. This is the end of the story. And he, the father, said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. And all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For thy brother was dead and is alive again, was lost and now is found. What a beautiful story that is. We, we, we read it and, you know, we can, <laughs> we can relate. Because a lot of us, you know, we're, we've been where the younger brother was. We've been that prodigal child before. We've all been rebellion. We've all been that age where we're kind of in high school area and we're, we're thinking about, you know, moving out and like, oh man, if I could just get away from this place, if I, if I could just be an adult, if I could just grow up, if I could start something new, if I could just get away from my parents, things would be better. Things would be great. But obviously, at least with the prodigal son, it didn't work out that way. Here's what's interesting. Another sip of coffee before I continue. 
<clears throat> it's interesting because the sons, you know, they they're not supposed to inherit their portions of of inheritance as long as the father's alive. <laughs> so it, it's terrible, but you know, you got to think about it. When the younger son came to his father and says, dad, give me everything that's mine. Give me all my inheritance. I want it now. In an odd, weird way, you could think about it. He was saying, dad, you're dead to me. I don't want to live here anymore. I don't want a relationship with you anymore. I'm ready to go my own way, become my own man and do my own path. I'm ready for that. And I don't need you. Just give me what's mine and I'll go. What's crazy, <laughs> and you think about it, it says right here, Father, he says right here, the dad, you know, and he divided unto them his livings, which means the dad ended up giving him all his inheritance. Whatever it was, whether it was land or cattle or whatever, you know, whatever there was value, he, um, he gave it to his son. Which is strange, you know, you think about, well, you know, if you're going to move out, if you, you know, I can just hear, <laughs> I can hear the conversation. Because if, if, if this was me and my dad, let me, let me tell you, it, <laughs> it'd probably be a whole nother book about dad just screaming at me. <laughs> and I don't mean to throw dad underneath the bus like that. But you know, I mean, we've all been there fighting with our parents, you know, yelling and screaming. Um, of course, you know. I can say that um, there wasn't a whole lot of that in my house. Now, it did happen. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm not going to stand up here or I'm not going to have y'all listen and listen to me think, tricking y'all, thinking I was a perfect kid. Listen, we, me and my dad had some yelling matches. <laughs> but I can just, I can, I can hear the conversation between the, the, the father and the son just screaming it out, fighting and yelling, you know, it, the father saying, you know, if you go out there, you're going to go out in the world and you're going to fall and you're going to go into sin. You're going to live a terrible life. You're going to end up on the streets. And he's warning him. You know, I can just hear him just, son, get into your room now. Or, you know, just trying try to convince his son to stay. And the son's like, dad, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. You know, just fears. And finally, you can just hear the dad say, whatever, just go. Just go. You know, get out of here. I can, I can hear it. Your mother and I were ready to move out, move you out anyways. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Just that's what I think about it. I know that's a terrible thing to, you know, <laughs> think about. But, you know, it, it's so funny because it very he just says, and the father gave him his goods, you know, and sent him on his way. Another thing, you know, you read, you know, and not many days after, uh, after the son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. You know, I mean, he, he up and left. I mean, he was ready. This young man was, he was sick and tired of home. And, you know, I know some homes are broken. I understand that. I also understand that, you know, not all homes are perfect. You know, some are pretty rough. You might be in a situation where your parents are just, you think that they're so strict that you can't, you can't just bear to live under them anymore. And some of you may think, well, my, my parents are just awful. I'm just ready to leave. I'm just ready to get out of here. Or maybe you're in school and you're just, you're ready to leave school and get out of school. And you're just ready to move on. And it's, it, it's funny. Not funny. I got to quit saying that. But it says right here, he goes into a far country and wasted all his substance with riotous living. What does that mean? Well, obviously, you know, um. As you know, as the brother said, apparently he, he he partied it up. I mean, what money he had, he went to the big cities, and we know these stories. We hear them all the time. Kids moving to like Los Angeles or the Dallas area or Nashville or or even if it's just like Tyler or you know, um, 
um, Florida. I'm trying to think of these cities and I can't think of it. Yeah, I'm a great truck driver. But, you know, I mean, you you hear these young kids moving to these big cities thinking about they can make a great opportunity there. You know, they'll get an apartment, they'll get a job, they'll get an apartment, they'll, you know, live their lives and it'll be just so much better. But this young man, it was different, you know, like his brother said, and he told his dad, dad, you know, you let him, he was living with harlots, which means he was sleeping around with girls. You know, he was just, he was a party boy. He spent his substance on riotous living, which means he just he just went crazy. He went wild and just blew it all. In today's terms, we could think he just blew it all on food, on fast food and video games and going to the bar and drinking and partying and sleeping around and drugs, you know. Now, I, 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 can't, I can't say that's what this young man did necessarily, but he quite didn't say that. But you, you put yourself in his shoes in today's modern world. And you, you can understand what it's talking about, righteous living. And what's interesting here in this next verse, he says, And a great famine arose in the land. A great famine. Which is interesting because it kind of shows this is kind of where God almost intervenes. This is where God kind of steps in trying to get them back on the right path. You ever had something really bad happen in your life? Something just terrible. Maybe a family member died or maybe you lost your job or things just aren't going right. Maybe you're in a circle. It just feels like you're just going in a circle and there's just, there's nothing. You know, you don't know where, you don't know where you're headed. You're, you're getting, you're lost. You know, you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know where, you just don't know. What you had planned before has now changed. You know, I, I've been there. I almost feel like I'm there right now. Boy, I'm, living you, I'm leaving you on a cliffhanger. <laughs> he said a great famine rose in the land. And, you know, I just want to say real quick, thank God for the famines in the land. Thank God that he intervenes in our lives, even when we don't want him to. When we're not even thinking about him, when we're not even, when we're not even in church or praying or when our relationship with God is totally broken, God still intervenes in our lives to get us right back on track. It goes down to saying, I, you know, I won't read it, you know, just right there, but in verse 15, pretty much he, 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 he was broke. He had no money. He had lost it all. He had spent it all. You know, yeah, he had he had so much fun, and and I don't know whether it was for a few days, a few months, or free a few years. I there's there's no time frame, and thank God that there is no time frame there. He it just shows that he went off into a far country, into a far land, and wasted and blew all his money, and then he was broke. He had nothing. And when it says a far country, you that doesn't mean that you actually have to leave, you know, the county. You know, I mean, it can be right here in your county. You could just move out of your parents' house. But not only that, but it can also just be in your heart. It doesn't have to be physical. This this could also be spiritual. A spiritual battle inside of you. A battle for, for good and evil with your relationship with God. It's interesting, he, 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 he went to a far country and he found him a guy you know, found him a, someone who was obviously working at a farm and he needed some money i can only hear this conversation you know this young kid he, he has nothing he's broke he's 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 hungry he's starving he needs work and this man he's he's mean and grouchy and he's just a mean man he goes well you can go feed my pigs get out there and feed the pigs you know just kind of mean to him And it's interesting because he, as he was feeding the pigs, this, this guy was so hungry. This young man was so hungry. He was he eating the husk of what he fed the swine. He was eating the leftovers of pigs. And I don't know if some of y'all were born or raised in the city or whatnot, but if you're a country guy like me and You've had some hogs, you've had you've fed some pigs. Let me tell you something. 
there would be no way <laughs> I would eat after pigs. Because let me tell you, they swallow in mud. And when they eat on, they eat on the ground and, you know, you give them the scraps. That's what it, that's what it was. It's not, it's not like it's corn. Okay. This is literally the leftovers of supper or the leftovers of a, of some, of something. And he just chewed it up. Oh, my bad. And he chewed it up and ate it out and spit it out. And then, he, then those pigs are, are stomping on it. There's poop on it. There's pee pee. I mean, there's just, it's just in the mud. It is disgusting. It's nasty. And this young man got to the point. Listen, this, I mean, this is serious. This young man got to a point where he was eating after pigs. And let me, let me, let me, let me, let me stop you right there just for a second. When you're thinking about eating pigs, this doesn't mean necessarily if, if, let me get my words right. Let me drink a coffee. Hold on. Mm. Coffee's getting cold. I need to hurry. It doesn't mean that you actually have to be eating pigs to get e- eating. I love eating pigs, but eating after the leftovers of pigs to get to this point. I'm not going to describe necessarily <clears throat> a different way of interpreting eating after pigs. You could be living a life where you're you're just you're spiritually hungry for something. And you're, you're, you're so hungry, you're devouring everything you can, you just anything, anything at all, whatever it might be, you know, it makes you wonder if, you know, I mean, people that turn to drugs, <clears throat> I was watching something the other day, it was very sad, it was about this young man and it, it kind of popped on YouTube and normally I, I normally stick to real strict stuff what I watch on YouTube. But it just came up and it was interesting and I watched it. And pretty much it was this kid from Georgia. He ended up, you know, he he wasn't raised as in a Christian home. He, he lived a pretty rough life growing up. His, his childhood was rough. But he got so hooked on drugs and he was in and out of jail and he couldn't hold a job. And he ended up going to Los Angeles on, and he ended up on Skid Row. Long story short, he's got the story, but I, I, I can't even remember. I'm not going to go into it, but... <clears throat> He ended up on Skid Row. And he was telling the interviewer guy, mind you, this kid is messed up. I mean, he 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 looks like a skeleton. It's so sad. But <clears throat> he told the interviewer, the guy that was interviewing him, he said, you know, it gets to a point where, you know, shooting heroin or doing drugs is it's more important than survival. Doing drugs is more important than your own survival. That's where sin gets you. I mean, this young man's at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, you can't you can't go no further than this young man. He was eating after the pigs, the leftovers of pigs. And only you can, only you can figure out where you're at spiritually, your relationship with God, and whether you've gotten to this point or not. I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know who's listening. I don't know where you're at. I can't tell you whether you're, you have a great relationship with God or not. But it's funny because listen to this. It's, 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 it's interesting. Because I told you to remember something. Y'all remember it? If you remember it, what I told you to remember earlier was a phrase in the Bible. I want you to say it out loud real quick. One, two, three. Well, I couldn't hear you, so I don't know. <laughs> but it's interesting because... In verse 17... The young man said this, he said, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants my father have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger. 
The phrase I told you I remember is, and when he came to himself. It's interesting because when he came to himself, it's so it's so important to think about it. So good because he he realized, he understood. He finally gathered his thoughts and said, What am I doing? What have I done? Where am I at? He came to himself. He understood. And he said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back home and I'm going to try and make it right. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not even going to tell my dad. I'm going to say, I'm going to tell him and I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to say, dad, don't even call me your son. Just don't even. You don't even have to restore the relationship with me. I'm I'm no longer worthy. I just I just need to be home. I need your protection. I need your love. I need that relationship with you, but I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And I can I can hear this I can hear this young man as cuz he starts going home, you know, he starts traveling home and I can hear him kind of repeating to himself <clears throat> I can hear him uh, repeating to himself saying Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Father, I have sinned against heaven before thee, and I am no longer worthy to be called thy son. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no longer worthy to be called thy son. And I could hear him just seeing, just saying these phrases over and over and over again, practicing it, whether he, to make it so perfect to where maybe if he says it, uh, maybe does, does he say it boldly? Does he say it humbly? Does he say it with sorrow, with sadness? Does he say it with pride? Or, or how does he say it, you know? Trying to, to make it right with his father. You know, I'm no longer worthy to be called thy son. I'm no longer worthy. Remember he said this, he said, Make me as one of thy hired servants. Make me as one of the hired servants. So he didn't even want to. He he was he understood that he has he has sinned so great that he's no longer to be called a child of his father. So just make him a servant. He'll just be one of his servants. And then we see the story. He said, and you know, as he comes, as he come, as he's coming home, the father sees him a great far off. That's interesting. When the father sees him a great far off, he said he knew he was coming. He saw him. Coming from a far distance. And the Bible says that the father ran. I mean, listen, let's read it real quick. He said, he says this. He said, um, where is it? Okay. Uh, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. When he saw him a great far off, he ran, had compassion and fell and hugged him and kissed him. He loved him. And it's interesting because, you know, this young man, when he got his heart right, he didn't even get to his father's house. He had just turned his heart. He had just changed his heart and said, I'm wrong. I'm going home. I'm no longer going to live this sinful life. I'm no longer going to be away from my father. I'm, I'm, I'm going home. That's a perfect illustration of how it's not, you know how the Bible says, Come as you are. Christ says, come as you are. This is a perfect example. Because the young man said, he said, I'm, I'm coming home. And right when he turned around, the, the father, what you could say, God, when you're ready, I'm talking to you now, the listener, you, when you're ready to turn to God. And when you're ready to say, I want a relationship with you, or maybe you're a Christian and you want to restore a relationship with the Father, with God. When you change your heart, when you're willing to surrender and say, God, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm ready to come home. Or Father, I, I, I want to, have, God, I want to have a relationship with you. God says he runs to you because as we see here, the father ran to him and he fell on his neck and hugged him and had compassion, hugged him and kissed him. He loved him. And that is a perfect example of how God will do to us when we come home. 
when we're tired of living this sinful life, when we're tired of having a relationship with God that is broken and that, that is, is hardly just hanging on by a thread, you know, we, we see where God says, come home and we come home and we turn around and he just shows his love and compassion and he uplifts us and he goes and, and it's, 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 again, it's funny. Because the son says this, he says, And the son said unto his father, I have sinned against heaven and thine sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called thy son. Verse 21, But the father said unto his servants, Okay, let me stop right there. Remember, he said, Make me as one of the hired servants. He didn't even get to that part. The father cut him off. Before the son could even say, you know, Father, I've sinned against heaven and, and you, and I'm, and, I, and I'm no longer worthy to be called a relationship before, or a son, before he could even utter the words, make me as one of the hired servants, his father cut him off and they had a party. He said this, he said, but the father, but the father said unto his servant, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and, 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 and bring, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us be married. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The relationship was restored. You know, we can run. We can never get to this point, though, sometimes. Maybe you're at a point where you're wanting to leave home. Let me tell you, you don't have to take this journey. You don't have to take that journey and be like that young man. Because let me tell you this. What we're about to read next is very important. Because I, I like to think of it as, 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 well, let me, I'll get to that in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. But God can forgive no matter what you've done, no matter what we do, God can forgive us. Even when it feels like we have, it's too late and we have completely self-destructed our lives, God can forgive and he will. One woman that I know, and, and personally, she, she honestly is one of the greatest Christian women I, I know personally. And she has gone through some horrible things recently. And she said something that will always be in my heart. She didn't tell it to me, but she told it to someone else. She says, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter how much sin you commit, God can forgive. He'll always forgive. Verse 25. So that's the end of the story. You know, for the younger brother, we read where his journey was. He had left home. So he went from he was tired of home to homesick to home. He made a full circle. He made he restored a relationship with his father. But there's another part of the story, a story that we're not as familiar with. As the prodigal son. Coffee. Boy, it's getting cold now. <clears throat> I'll be quicker with this part, I promise. Now we come to the second part. The side mission, side quest. After the credit scene, however you want to call it. Here's the next part. The elder brother. It says in verse 25, now the elder brother, now the older son was in the field. And as he came, he drew nigh to the house and he heard music and dancing. He called into one of the servants and he said, what, what, hey, what's going on? What's going on? I hear dancing. I, I, I don't understand what's, what's happening. 
Now I'm going to paraphrase this. And pretty much the servant said, hey, your brother just came back. Your brother's home and your dad is super happy and we're having a big old party. You ought to come inside. And we see a different reaction, which is, is honestly probably the most human reaction or more common. Probably, probably, it would be, <laughs> it'd almost be like what I do. Because this is what I was talking about earlier, how I almost relate a little bit like this young man. Yes, I've, I've had a product, I've done a prodigal. I've been like the prodigal son before. Maybe not to that extent. Maybe not quite. I didn't maybe go that far. So sometimes when I read this story, I, I feel like I tend more like the brother. And let me explain. So we read on into the story, verse 28. He said, and he was, he was angry and he would not go in. And therefore his father had to come out and entreated him. So this brother, he was, he was livid. He could not believe that after everything his father, his, his younger brother did, his little brother did, that he can just come home and everything be okay? Everything be all right? I don't understand. And it goes on to saying, you know, and I'll paraphrase this. You can read this in verse 29 down to verse 30. Pretty much he says, he goes, Dad. You know, because the dad comes out, I can only see like them having a big old party and they're having a blast and they're celebrating the son's home and the relationship has been restored. The father is so happy because we don't know how much time has went by. It could be just a few weeks. Could have been a month or two. It could have been years. Who knows? It doesn't say. But I can see the father in, inside and there's music, there's dancing, you know, they're having a great time. They're celebrating. They just cooked, they just killed the fattest calf in which, you know, he was going to save it for another time. But this, there's no better time than this. Like this is, this is the perfect time to kill this calf. And then he, he you know, he gets a little knock. Sir, sir, you know, the servant pops in and the dad goes, what is it? What is it? <clears throat> Excuse me, sir, but your, your son, he's outside. Oh, well, bring him in, bring him in, bring him in. No, I don't think you understand, sir. He's, he's upset. He's upset? Why is he upset? He's mad that your, your son's home. You, need, you probably should go talk to him. Oh, I can see him. I can see the, almost the kind of the frustration. Like, what do you mean? Why would he be upset? What's going on? I don't understand. So the father comes outside and the, the brother pretty much comes to him. And he says, Dad, listen, what are you, what's going on? What are you doing? Are you dumb? I've, I've, I've li- this is the younger son talking, or the older brother talking, by the way, if I misquoted. He told, tells his dad, he goes, Dad, I've, I've, I've been here. I've been loyal to you. I've never disappointed you. I've worked the fields. I've worked the land. I've never disobeyed you. I've always been here. I've never went out and, and did any of, those, any of those things. But you've never thrown me a party. You've never killed me, the fattest calf. You've never given me a kid. You know, you've done, you've, you've never uplifted me like you're doing your, your son that just slept with a bunch of girls. That completely destroyed his life. Are, are, did you just, are you just going to forget what he just did? He literally was just over there. Partying it up, getting drunk, drinking, sleeping around, doing drugs, whatever the case might be. Dad, I don't understand. I have done so much work for you and I have been loyal in everything and you've never uplifted me like you're uplifting your younger son. I, I, I don't understand. I can just see them outside. It's in the evening time. You know, it's a little late and he's the son's probably the older brother. He's probably a little grouchy because... He had been working in the fields all day and he was going to come home and, you know, and there's a big old party and ain't for him. So he's probably already a little cranky. He's probably had a hard day. You know, a couple of coyotes killed some sheep, so whatever. I don't know, but he, he was so angry. He could not see. He could not understand. And then his father answers. <laughs> and boy, you know, it, it's so true. Let me tell y'all something. The older I get, the more I realize how wrong I was. And yet back then I was so convinced I was right. I remember telling myself 
When I'm older, I want to remember this. Remember how I feel right now. I hope I remember how I feel right now. And I actually do remember how I feel, how I felt. And I was wrong. I was wrong because I didn't understand. Because, you know, and I understand, I can, I can relate to this. And I'll tell you why. Because I, listen, I've done some wrong in my life. I really have. I'm not perfect. But I have, I'll just, you know, tell you all the truth. I have always been in church. I've always been a church member. I've always gone to church. And I've always been involved in church and activities. I grew a youth group. I've grown up in youth groups. I invited friends to youth groups. I was always involved. You know, I started doing devotionals at like 11 years old. You know, I've I've done this kind of stuff for a long time. I was born and raised into this life. Sure, I did some a little bit of a wild things, whatever. But for most people, that's just honestly a daily thing. It's no big deal to me. It was like I was in such rebellion when really most people were like you just you just drove away from home for an hour and came back. It was called a drive, dude. Yeah, but my heart. My heart was different. I was angry, so I was in rebellion. But you know, I but I I have I've been loyal. I've been loyal to church. I I can understand you know being loyal to God and 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 if I had a little brother coming home or something like that, and after he just did all this and did all that, and I have worked so hard for God and I've done everything for Him and I've stayed loyal and I stayed true, and yet those lost people are being uplifted, but just because they join a church and just because they get saved and everyone makes a big old kahusk about Him when I'm over here teaching kids, preaching the gospel. Working and painting these figures for VBS. And this one guy gets saved and everyone's just, oh, he's going to be a preacher one day. I can understand how this brother feels. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all I know that's, that's listening growing up in church. And, 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 and y'all know the feeling of almost feeling like unappreciative. You feel like you've been pushed to the side by Oh, he'll always be here. He'll always be a church member. He'll always, he'll always be here. You know, he's just one of us. Nothing special. I I can understand. I I relate to that. I I do. But thank God that we have a God that reminds us where our place is and and what, what the circumstances is. He goes on to saying, verse 31, he says, and he said unto him, son, thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad for this. Thy brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. He said right there, everything that I have is yours. Everything. I like to I like to think about I don't mean to add anything. I really don't, but this is just how I when I read this story, I think about this. I I can I if it, if this happened to my family, I just I just know how my dad would, would talk to me about it. He would say something like this. He was but Mijo, Mijo, listen. Your your younger brother, he he went down a wrong road. A, a terrible, terrible path. And he's lost everything. He's lost it all. But he's come back. He knows he did all and he's come back. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have to live with the burdens. With the baggage. You know, he, he's, he's got to live with this. With the choices that he made, with the with he if he wants to marry a good Christian woman, he's got to explain to her some of the things that he's done. There's baggage in his life, and there could possibly could possibly be days where he 
He feels tempted to go do it all over again and, and go back to that life because he's, he's had a taste of it and he, and he knows what it's like to live that party life and do this and do that. And he may want to live in sin again, but that's when you come in and you got to be strong. You got to be the shoulder he can lean on. You, my old, my son, you, you've got to be the one to, to help him, to guide him, to teach him, to mentor him. There's a great song that I've been listening to. It's called I've Missed Out. It's it's a gospel song, so I mean some of y'all might think it's an it's an older person song, whatever, but it's if you listen to that song, it's so good. Because it goes something like this. It's like it goes, you know, I missed out on the heartaches. Because he talks about, you know, the world sees us as Christians. We're missing out on, on all the good stuff, on, 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 you know, on partying, on, doing, on drinking and smoking and partying it up and having a good time and laughing and cutting up and doing all these things. You know, or just or fishing on Sundays and not being in church and all this stuff. We feel like we're missing out. And some Christians, sometimes we do feel like we're missing out. But the song goes, you know, you know I've missed out on the heartaches because I didn't. Go down this road. I'm the only thing I've missed out on is I've missed out on not being away from God. I've missed out on the heartaches, on the sorrows, on the burdens, on the uh, on the baggage. I've missed out on 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 spending my life away from God. I, that's what I've missed out on. But I can see this older brother. He's uh, this he, or the father. He's saying to his older brother, "Everything that I have is yours because he's lost everything." He's already destroyed his life, but now he's fixing it. And you got to be the one that's strong. You got to be the one to help him. And that's kind of what I think about it. Because the father says, you know, he was dead to us. He wasn't home. He was gone. Now he's alive again. And that's the exact same story as, as us. When we get away from God. When we, want, when we want to live a life that is worldly, away from the Father and out of His arms, out of the protection of His, of His arms and hands, you know, we want to live this life and we find out that this life is, is the, the, not everything that glitters is gold. And we, we, we reap the sorrows and the, and the hardships and the heartaches and, 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 he got a piece of what it's like to be away from God. And I want to, I want to say this. This is just me personally. I want to thank God with all my heart that I never gone that far to where I was eating the husk of the swine. I was eating the leftovers of the pigs. That God was always in my life. That's what I'm grateful for. I don't know where you're at today. I really don't. I don't know your spiritual condition. But I know that if you're parting it up right now, it's just a moment of pleasure. And if you're, if you feel lost and you don't know where to go, don't turn to the world. Don't turn to that young man where he turned to that, the citizen of that, of that country, a farmer that treated him so horribly, said no man gave unto him. No man gave unto him. Means nobody helped him. Only God can help you. And maybe you're at the point where you're, you're, you're so far below that you feel like you're eating the leftovers of pigs. It is never too late to turn away from sin and to turn back from God. And like, and like the father of this young man, when he turned around and when he was way far off, you know what that means? That means his life wasn't perfect. He wasn't really involved in church. He probably didn't even go to church. He probably didn't even hardly yet pray necessarily the words, but his heart had changed. His heart had a desire for something else. And, and God saw that and he ran and he hugged him and he loved him. and He had compassion and he had already forgiven him already. Brother, I don't know, brother or sister, I don't know where you're at. But all I know is this, is that whenever you're ready to turn around, whenever you're ready to restore that relationship with God or start a relationship with God, 
He is ready for you with opened arms. And he will accept you as who you are today, right now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you get your heart turned around. Thank you so very much. I'm Landon Barrios, and this is By the Campfire with the Barrioses.